What are your overall big initial thoughts coming out of a loss to the rival Cowboys? I'm reacting badly, Hayes. launched it over Crowder's head. I mean, he's just, he's way out of whack. He sucks right now. He's a liability. It's very hard for me to say. If I'm a coach, I'd want to do uh, Dead Poet Society. I can't think of the freaking professor's name. <laughs> I'd come there the first day and I'd be like, hey, uh, where's the, where's the, where's the uh, favorite in the playbook? I'd be like, All right, rip it out. <laughs> Welcome in to another edition of Burgundy Blogcast, the blogcast that is doing better than the Redskins are to start <laughs> off the season. With me, I should hope so. With me in morning is my man Brent. No, not morning, but uh, but Brent, how are you reacting to 0-2? And, and I didn't even think about this extra gun punch. 0-2 with the opening two games at home, right? That's right. That means so you got you know six home games left and you got, a, you got ground to make up. Um, what are your overall big initial thoughts coming out of a loss to the rival Cowboys? I'm reacting badly, Hayes. <laughs> you, you got a cheery voice for a bad reaction. Tell me why <laughs> you're reacting badly. Uh, or, or what? Uh, let, let, let's start here. Let's divide your frustrations. Would you say more on coaching staff, more on players, or do you have an equal level of contempt for both? <laughs> um, I don't particularly uh, uh object to one more than the other right now i guess it's pretty even they they uh you know the redskins are playing like canned ass right now they, <laughs> can we can we say that on the pod ass uh, yeah we we make the rules absolutely if you're gonna they send suck. me if you're gonna send they me suck no, right now uh, yeah. uh, uh, t- touchdowns being dick punches then i think we could say canned ass too good point sure well you know they just um they look sloppy they just they're not it, they're not a very good team i mean they they could have won they had several opportunities to want to win that's part of the problem but the cowboys didn't didn't look particularly good either i don't think i mean especially without romo i just don't consider them a strong team and yet the redskins were worse today um offense defense and coaching uh so it's very disappointing they're they're you know i guess you know, it's still only week two, but it, you know, you're you're eight quarters into this now, and they're they've done really nothing uh, to to make us hope that they're you know a legitimate playoff team. All right, let's hit a couple of headlines here. Josh Norman, a lot of talk coming into the game, partly because of how he it was used last week, then partly because of how he was responding to questions about how he was being used last week. It's a little bit of what we said in the. Uh, in the preseason discussion about Norman, it's not like anything he has said is so terrible or su- such a distraction. It's that it's just a lot of little things and it becomes a, a, a distraction in general. And that's what I felt like this thing was too. There are a lot of teams I feel like over the years that have decided to play more of a philosophy of sides of the field versus ma- matching up actual receivers. And yeah. yet some, for some reason, the way Norman answered questions, the way, coaches answer answer questions or maybe it is just that that you know convergence of your your biggest headline in the offseason is going to get that much star attention and and like he knew coming in i'm going to be answering questions every week whereas last week nobody really started talking about josh norman 
you're talking about at a big level until week eight or nine or ten. You know what I mean? He wasn't mm-hmm. being a storyline coming into a season. So, mm-hmm. uh, so the talk coming in is about what side of the field he's playing on, whether or not he wants to be matched up with the best receivers, whether or not it's his choice, the coaching staff's choice. Then you have him play some. Obviously, they do move him around a little bit, so I want you to speak some to that. Then after the game, a loss is obviously going to be frustrating. And then you had that random thing where he got apparently, and you may know more of the exact stories from following as it went down. I was sort of reading you know, Twitter and, and stories afterwards. But got asked to uh, to participate in the drug testing program, and was which seems like just an annoyance to do after you lose after a long day's work. And uh, and then just sort of took a cop to bad attitude either about how that was handled, how he was approached about it or something. What are your thoughts right now on Josh Norman on the field and off the field? Well, it's a good place to start because Josh Norman of, of I mean, Josh Norman is just not one of the many problems right now. He's he's kicking ass right now. And it, I think a lot of that, you know, obviously anybody signs a big contract with it comes big expectations. And and I think, you know, I kind of feel like most of this stuff about whether he's going to stay on one side of the field or travel or match up with another guy. I mean, even more than his, you know, top 100 ranking, yada, yada, it's really just the money. If you're going to pay that much money to a guy and guarantee him $50 million, you know, you got to, you know, it's obviously it's very important that he be a big part of, of your game plan and, and, and that he contribute heavily to winning games, which they haven't been able to do yet since he's been on the team. Um, I I didn't really I thought the angle about him playing only one side rather than matching up on Antonio Brown last month or last last week was a little bit overplayed because like you said I mean a lot of teams a lot of really good defensive teams just don't you know conventionally move their number one corner around and and so um I think more more of the problem with the coverage breakdowns last week may have been um, you know, fine. You got a lot of confidence in Breland. You want to let him match up on on Brown. You know, have at it. But they 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 didn't give him a lot of safety help. They probably should have rolled more coverage over that side. They didn't really adapt. Um, Norman said the right things this week, and he just said, "Hey, I'm just I'm I'm the I'm the soldier. Talk to the generals." So you know, interestingly, like Joe Barry, you probably didn't see it, but is, is that the right thing though? Just to is saying it's not me, it's the generals, or, or could he have said something more? We're all working. I mean, to me, that sounds a little bit like, well, I would, but they won't let me. Yeah, I mean, I guess, it, I guess it could have come off that way, but they. He was saying he was also explicitly asked, like, did you request this? You know, is this the way you want it? And he was like, you know, I, he 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 gave every indication of not making sure. demands. It came off fine to me. I mean, I thought he handled it well. All right. Um, uh, but sorry. you know, Keep going. so so Joe Barry, the the defensive coordinator, I guess his press conference was on Thursday, and he didn't, you know, he he got, you know, the the reporters gave him a pretty hard, well, they 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 dug deep, pretty pretty deep on that, and and pushed him on like, well, why didn't you make adjustments? And he was like, this is basically just how I roll. But a lot of them weren't really satisfied with his answers. I mean, I, I thought, fine, okay, this is his thing. Well, so he he says, okay, we're gonna do the same thing with Des Bryant, and. Um, and sure enough, they start off in the first half, and Norman's over there on exclusively pretty much on the right side of the defense. Well, I guess it was, you know, I don't know, maybe second quarter. I think it was before halftime that, um, you know, after after Bryant was giving Breland uh, some trouble, they 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 he he caved. He he moved he moved um, he moved Norman over, and I think I saw him in the slot a couple times. And he was also over on the left side of the defense, matched up against Des Bryant, and he did pretty well. I mean, Bryant didn't really do much on. 
Norman today. Um, but afterward, they asked Breland what he thought about that, and he said, yeah, it's really no big deal, but we didn't practice that all week. <laughs> um, all right, so do you think that that's the coaching staff like responding to the, the criticism, like that, that they didn't stick with their game plan? Or, or is that a good or bad thing that they're – Changing on the fly like that, I guess. Yeah, like, I mean, Des Bryant, he, he, I think he had 50-some yards in the first half, but they kind of adjusted. I mean, he, he didn't – I mean, Des Bryant had a decent game, but definitely did not kill the Redskins. So, like, it, I think it worked. I don't know if he was responding – I mean, I kind of doubt that he was motivated by public criticism, but I think he kind of figured out, like, yeah, maybe it finally is freaking time to do something. But I found it very interesting and a little, a little, <laughs> I guess, disappointing that they didn't, like – they, they, you know, he kind of stuck to his guns apparently in practice all week. Barry did, and then in the game he kind of was like, "Well, screw that, let's chuck him over there," and it, you know, it kind of worked. Did I see a quote from a player that was saying something about the Redskins not being very good at halftime adjustments? Yes, Ricky Jean Francois gave a very explicit <laughs> That's quote in I front it. of a bunch of microphones saying that so Other far in both games jump. this year, the teams they've played have adjusted very effectively to what the Redskins were doing and that the Redskins have totally failed to do that. And do you, A, do you, have you seen that to be the case? I, can't, I don't watch Redskins games close enough to know, wow, there's there's clearly something different going on for the first half and the second half. I'm sort of usually watching with one other eye. Right. Do a do you agree with him in that assessment? And b what sort of the you know reaction or or uh, how, how do you expect the team to react to that? Uh, you know, for a, I mean, I I don't really know. That is pretty a, a pretty micro thing, and I certainly, I mean, I, I don't as much as I watch these. These things I don't I don't know X's and O's well enough to, to point out specific things, but I'll say that in that in that quote there, um, Francois was was like uh, pretty specifically referencing the the Redskins like um, having having done I guess he thought he felt that he they were doing a good job sort of shutting down the Cowboys running game early in this game and that the Cowboys made some sort of unspecified adjustments right. and then and the Redskins weren't able to kind of counter that. Now the stats suggest that the from first to second half there wasn't really like some huge discrepancy in how well the Cowboys were running the ball. So I mean I don't know it, it didn't it didn't really jump out. I mean I don't know exactly what he was referring to but you know, it's. I think it would be dumb not to take that at face value for a guy. You know, obviously on the inside. You know, coming out with some pretty surprising critics. I mean, I don't know how. He he's not. He's that. You know, he's a very outspoken player, but he's not generally a problem child. I mean, he's he's well respected, and the coaches tend to love him. And and he did take. You know, he he said, "I'm not just talking about coaches. I'm talking about the players too." But how can you not interpret that as a as a shot? I don't know. Yeah, adjustments definitely sounds like a, um, a a coaching thing. Is Francois yeah. played for another um, NFL team, or is he just? Uh... Yeah, he was drafted by the Forty ers when McLuhan was there, and then he also had a couple years with the Colts. I mean, he's a pretty good player. He's not really like. A... But, that, but that, but I'm saying that also gives depth to his argument. If he's been in three other different stations oh, yeah. yeah. and he's seen, hey, these these guys do this during halftime. These guys during this during halftime. You know what I mean? So that to yeah. me that gives him a little more credibility. If a he's not a hothead who says, you know, 
mad things out of anger after a loss and B if he's been a couple different places to be able to compare and it's not you know that then uh, that it seems like a, a more rational reasonable opinion so yeah definitely and I, I mean I, I I have the sense that he's a pretty well respected guy in that locker room so it was that that definitely was uh, I think a significant comment uh, and then, all right, always a headline is the franchise quarterback, and I say that uh, as an official term, not because uh, that's not some judgment about him being elite or not. He is the franchise-tagged quarterback of the Washington yes, Redskins, Kirk Cousins. Uh, the one I saw in particular was the just the, the, the killer interception uh, yep. in the game, in the end zone, where, you know, just a lot of different options besides that at that point, and he chooses to try and squeeze one in. It was one of those where I can't remember if – I can't remember which guy picked it off, but it was one of those where it seemed like, man, if that guy didn't catch it, it seemed like that other guy was going to pick it yeah. off. Like there were two dudes there before your guy would have had a chance to get to it. So um, Yeah, I think it was – I think the interception was Barry Church, who Cousins referred to as the backside safety, but he clearly just did not – had no clue he was there. Yeah, what uh, what what's your take on Cousins in, in general? And there was I saw some reports coming out about locker room talk about uh, you know bickering about Cousins whether or not he's the man or not. Uh, the the upside I will say is you, it seems like the plan of franchise tagging him as opposed to giving a long term contract was the right thing to do. Let's give him one full year as the named starter and play it all the way out before we make yeah. it a more long-term assessment. So that part is at least looking to, to be the right call. So what do you think yeah. about uh, the, the current starting quarterback situation for, uh, for the, what, the Redskins? I don't even know where to begin on this. I'm so distressed about this. Uh, he's, he's been very, he's been bad. I mean, he's been, I mean, I'm not trying to have a blazing hot take on this, but I think he's been well below average for an NFL starting quarterback. And that's even knowing and considering the fact that everyone always acknowledges that, there are only, you know, 12 or maybe 15 good starting quarterbacks alive. But right. He, he's not getting it done at all. I mean, even even his completions look bad. He's not – I mean, we talked about this last week and sometimes last season. He's not leading guys. He's throwing behind guys. He's missing open guys. He's ignoring open guys and going to checkdowns. Um, you know, and he's putting up – I don't know how many yards. He might have had 300 yards again today. He's putting up good yardage. But it's like he's leaving so many yards, and it would seem like so many points on the field. I'm totally discouraged with with his output. His body language is back to being pretty crappy like it was before he really took the reins last year. Um, I think he's holding the offense back. I mean, there was so much talk going into the season about how they had all these weapons and the offensive line was supposed to be improved, so there was QB proof or Kirk proof, and it's not. I actually think that his – you know, I tweeted that I thought even average quarterback play would have allowed them to win this game comfortably. I, I don't know. Maybe that was a little much. I, st- I think they would have won. I think that they, you know, Dak Prescott, fourth-round rookie on the other side, was the better quarterback today. And I don't even think Prescott's as good as some of the re- publicity he's been getting. But, like, he just had it together so much better. I mean, very, very discouraged. And, and, and in terms of these rumors about locker room discord i mean i just i the only one i saw was from pro football talk and it was kind of unsourced and i would love to be able to just blow it off but unfortunately it doesn't strike me as totally implausible i mean he does look bad there was one play where garcon was clearly really i mean um i think it was the pick it was the interception garcon was livid about like how you know how it happened um 
Cousins had a really no, another really bad miss to Garcon. He, he skipped another ball to Garcon in the end zone on a different play where Garcon probably got held, but it didn't get called because the pass was so bad. You probably saw the that long, um, the longer pass in the in the first quarter to uh, Crowder that would have been an, an easy walk-in touchdown. He was open by two miles, and he just launched it over Crowder's head. I mean, he's just he's way out of whack. He sucks right now. He's a liability. It's very hard for me to say because I was I was pretty pretty confident and and pretty loudly in favor of them extending him because I thought he was going to have a really good year, put up huge numbers, and they'd be and that it was going to cost them for not doing it. You know, not having done it last year. I thought it was going to cost them, but. He, could he could he could he bounce back and and become you know significantly better and regain his form? Of course, there's 14 games left, but very little indication so far. I mean, he's like kind of like getting back into his feelings right now. It's very discouraging. Any uh, do you have any guess or offering as to what's what's different? You know, what, why a guy would look um, so different year to year when in theory there there'd be an arc of progression. I I, I mean I don't. I don't feel confident in the answer. I mean, uh, a lot of people are saying that he's pressing because of the contract situation, but I don't even really believe it that much. I think he felt like $20 million guaranteed this year was a gift, and I don't think he really looks at money the same way as a lot of players do. I mean, it's – I don't think it's adding that much pressure. I think he always puts a ton of pressure on himself, but um, you know, he didn't He didn't play – could he could t- potentially still be trying to shake off some rust because he didn't play that much in the preseason? I guess – but I do hate that Gruden keeps referring to him as a young or an inexperienced starter because I think he's going to be 29 before next season. I mean, I guess he really has only had one one full year of you know starting. But like, the guy's been in the NFL long enough that we should be starting to see whatever he is. It's and it's you know I don't know. He just he's really regressing. <laughs> I don't have the exact number in front of me. I read it earlier. Sorry for not being the most researched podcast in Redskins history, but I think the breakdown for um, pass to run was something like 50 pass plays to 16 run plays. Does that sound? That's Uh, very close, yeah. And and now, sometimes I will see that stat, or I'll see somebody harping about the stat, and I'll have watched the game. Oh, sorry, I'm watching another game with a mad fumble scramble for the ball. Sorry, (laughs) That's what you get when I watch the Sunday Night Football while podcasting. Oh, my God, Rogers, you fucking jerk. Uh, but, uh, sorry, totally lost my train of thought. There. Oh, yeah, so 50 passes to about 15 runs, you know, almost, you know, three to one or even more than that uh, on pass play. Uh, now, again, sometimes I'll watch a game and see that stat afterwards and say, well, yeah, but you know what? In the flow of the game, yeah. it looked that outbalanced, partly because of the way the play shook out. You know, they just had to – end up passing more and it was really more balanced than it seemed was it out of balance was it too much passing from the word go even before when they didn't need to be in passing situations or uh, are, are the coaches not helping them out in that sense by not balancing the offense better almost everyone is agreeing that in this case the numbers correctly reflect that that the that the the balance was not good enough i mean and you know, I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying that sometimes it's just not, you know, you, you shouldn't strive for 50-50 automatically because it's not always called for. And especially with this Redskins team where, you know, all the strength is supposedly in the passing game and the running game has been atrocious. But Matt Jones actually did in the first half of this game look pretty darn good. I think he was averaging five yards a pop. Um, it was working. Um, 
on the touchdown drive, it was where he scored a, t a nice touchdown, and he was getting into a little bit of a rhythm. And then even in the third quarter, he was looking pretty good, and they totally went away from him. In fact, after his touchdown drive, after the drive where he scored, I don't think he got he got a single carry. Um, they really seemed to go away from it um, unnecessarily this time because Dallas does not have a strong front seven, and they you know there was definitely um, opportunity there that they seemed to give up on inside, especially down inside the the, the Dallas ten. They kept calling fades. They had they called four unsuccessful back corner fades, including two in a row on the two plays before the hideous Cousins pick. Yep. Um, rather than running the ball down there, when when on a night when it did seem to be working. So um, I think I think it's totally valid to complain about that. We've been. Uh, I was talking with somebody about the fade route recently, and like again, uh, we we fall back on this a lot. I don't know more than NFL coaches or college coaches. I don't study the game. I don't know more than players. But as a casual observer, I hate the fade route. <laughs> I've tried to develop a theory on why it is so conversely popular among like coaches and teams, yeah, yeah. and and not you know hated by fans who seem to think it's you know. And a th there's got to be the statistics. It must be more successful than I perceive it to be otherwise yeah, yeah. it would be impossible i perceive it to be like a, a one in 25 <laughs> johnson your, your rates go up to like one in eight you know like if you've got the best right, right. game uh it's okay and, and then there's also scenarios where it's late in the game you're trying to run a play where you want to take five seconds and it's either caught or sails out of the back of the end zone totally understand that different scenario different you know that's right but just as a like a, a two point conversion, like when the Raiders ran that one that that worked, but I was still right. I I am just I've tried to figure out what it is. Here's my theory. My theory is that it works all the time in practice, <laughs> and it's partly because not just defensive backs in practice or second team. I think even beyond that, and I think that coaches probably have to fight a, 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 against this in many ways, but you know many different sports. Your backup guys, even when they know, like, hey, we want you to go out. We want to make you really hard for our starters. Like, they know how the play is supposed to go. You know what I mean? Right. It's ultimately, I feel like your backup guys, if, you're, if your offensive player runs the play perfect, if he executes perfect footwork, your defensive guy in practice is going to be like, oh, you got to let him have it. <laughs> yeah. So he, he jumps with him, but he doesn't really, like, grab his wrists and do everything that he's going to try to do to shake the ball away that's going to happen in a game. That's yep. my only theory right now is that in the in, in practice, it still looks covered but always ends up working nine times out of ten, so they love it. But the other team is never going to do that. And uh, uh, but anyway. Totally agree. I, yeah, I have a couple thoughts on that. Same, I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's becoming increasingly a matchup-driven league. Coaches love more and more talking about matchups. I do understand We're, that some. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, but the, the beautiful thing about a fade, I guess, is basically an isolation play. And if you like, if you love your guy, if you love your six-three first-round receiver over there, five-ten second corner, you know, in a way, it's kind of like, well, let's take everybody else out of the picture and, and get and take the win. So, you know, I guess I can kind of see that. But interestingly, specifically with the Redskins this week, first of all, they they drafted jo Josh Doxson who's you know maybe going to be a good player, but th but he plays a position where they weren't particularly needy. And they bypassed other glaring needs to take 
you know the guy that they that they espouse to be their best player on the board. So fine, but I think there's a there's a big part of the coaches there that are trying to sort of justify that pick, and and they really kind of wanted to use their shiny new toy because he was the target on at least two of those four. Um, also in practice this week, you know the sort of Redskins Twitter got got very um, pumped about some a couple of. Um, filmed clips from practice of Doxon winning winning on that route. I mean, and it was, you know, like a thousand RTs. So, like, I think think they were really trying to run that back. Nothing worse than – that's the last thing I want to hear. Like, I mean, that that almost sounds similar to the the reasoning behind Josh Norman, you know, finally going up. Like, well – I don't know, man. The fans really started complaining about it. We just didn't want to catch the heat for sticking to our guns. So like, like, well, we ran this play in practice. Not only did it work, Redskins t- Twitter was going nuts. Yes. <laughs> so we're getting good to them. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but man, the fade route is just not in my playbook. Like, I'm seriously, if I'm a coach, especially, I'd love to be like a Jim Grobe type coach and get hired like in a late scenario. You know, you, you come in like to rescue a team and like something's crazy. And I'd want to do uh, uh, <laughs> a, uh, I can't think of the guy's name from, uh, um, oh, I, I keep wanting to say, uh, Dead Poet Society. I can't think of the freaking professor's name. <laughs> I'd come there the first day and I'd be like, hey, uh, where's the, where's the, where's the uh, favorite in the playbook? I'd be like, All right, rip it out. <laughs> So we'd be like ripping out pages of the playbook. <laughs> like, no way, the fade's not in my playbook. That's not in it. I don't care about your uh, your midweek retweet session. So. <laughs> We're going to do a segment now that I call Brent's Notes. <laughs> Brent texts me extensive notes through the game. <laughs> That if each note were a segment, this would be the, the longest podcast in history. And we're going to try and do all the notes in one quick segment. Okay, that's a good idea. I like it. And then you can you can add anything that you want or maybe what you were thinking at the time. But try and keep it quick, all right? Okay. First half notes. Cousins, bad. Misdirection, pre-snap penalties. Was that a, a ongoing problem, pre-snap penalties? Those are several. Yeah, those are scattered. Th- those are those are scattered thoughts. But, like, cu- you know, we talked about Cousins being bad. Um, the Redskins' defense is repeatedly, serially destroyed by all bootlegs and other misdirection plays right now. And that, you know, it, it's inexcusable today given how much they showed it with – Dallas showed it last week with Prescott, but they were totally unprepared for it. And the pre-snap penalties are just – absolutely killing the Redskins with illegal formations, false starts, and then if you want to throw in their holding penalties. But I don't know if you were still watching at the very end of the game, Hayes. They kind of had sort of like a small chance to mount some sort of crazy Hail Mary-ish play at the end, but they got all the way down to like the 30 or 35-yard line, and and Corey Lichtensteiger, who's their center, who I absolutely cannot stand, uh, who had two false starts last week. He kind of like double clutched the snap and false started again. So there was a 10 second runoff and and the yardage and it you know just basically eliminated their last ditch hope. So the, it, it's it's utter sloppiness in in getting aligned right now and the penalties are killing them. All right, we're not doing very good on the speed notes section, but that's all interesting stuff. Just know that two o'clock. Breland confidence needs press. Does that mean he needs more media work? Or he he seems, needs- no, he's off his game and he, he functions much better as a press corner. Um, and they're they again today for some reason had him 
playing off man, and he gets exposed. I'm skipping the Josh Norman notes. We've talked about him. Third and fourth and short ineptitude on defense, not being able to get stops on third and fourth. Incredible number of huge chunk yardage plays given up on third or fourth and one or two, like in both games, which to me has to fall on play calling. Yeah, you got to get tougher. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Defense or offense? On defense. Okay, okay, okay. Let's t- play. When you say play calling, that's I mean it's a little bit tougher on on defense, but sometimes I that means just you just got to be tougher. What about my man um, in the middle, uh, pork chop, meatloaf? <laughs> He's not on the team anymore. What? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one of those of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, there'll be more. Um, did I get his nickname? Is it pork chop? It's pot roast. Pot roast. Pot roast. <laughs> no, yeah. Where is he? I got to watch out for him. He signed with the Patriots and they cut him. I don't think he's on a team right now. Pick him up. There's your third, fourth and short right there. Pick up uh, Meatloaf. All right. It's not the I answer. Gave up on Jones in third quarter. We sort of talked about the run pass ratio. Yeah. Too many fades. Yes, we talked about that. <laughs> Zeke Jag. You told me what this was. And uh-oh. Zeke Elliott, just an average guy. Is just that a guy. Is, that, uh, yeah, that, I mean Zeke. Zeke, what's he? He's so much, much ballyhooed number four overall pick. I don't think in either game so far he's looked very special. I mean he scored a touchdown in both 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 of his games, but not that impressed with Zeke Elliott so far. Okay, hashtag hater. Um, all right, uh, Norman, best player. Norman, best player in the Redskins so far. All right, defense was better in the third quarter. Cravens good. Yeah, Sua Cravens had another good game. Trent Murphy looked surprisingly good. He had a sack and a half, including one where he totally whipped. Tyron Smith, who's a really good left tackle, so I don't know where that came from. Bruton bad. Yeah, Bruton is actually a guy I mentioned uh, in, in our in our first episode of this season as a guy who I thought really would help bring a little bit of reliability to the safety spot, and he has not been that good. And then we talked about Lichtensteiger. Both of them are stocked down. Play call on Doc's bomb. Yeah, so Josh Doxson did have one 50-some yard reception where he was wide open because of basically a coverage breakdown and like three guys converged on Deshaun Jackson. It was a really nice play call. But, you know, that was actually just gives me another opportunity to hate on Cousins because like Doxson was open again by two miles and it should have been a touchdown and Cousins just could not hit him in stride. So he got, you know, he didn't score and that was that went on to become the drive that ended in the ridiculous interception. All right, um, I'm going to skip one and come back to it. Cuz blows. Actually, I think we've hit that enough. Self-explanatory. RJF on adjustments. That's no, we re- hit that, that one too. Yeah, Man, we did I, it. Know, it Look at this. I'm doing. <clears throat> and we're going to end on this one. A little bit sentimental and one of your notes. Uh. More TD equals dick punch. Uh, <laughs> how bad did it see? A, Alfred Morris in another uniform. B, it being a Cowboys uniform. C, him being back in the stadium and D, him making the game-winning score. How'd that feel? It felt horrible. He's, he's my favorite player. He's my favorite. He's my favorite favorite re- recent Redskin. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I wish. I, I mean, I've got absolutely nothing but love for him, even as a Cowboy. And if if they had to score a touchdown, hundred um, percent, I'm glad it was him. But um, yeah, I mean, he did the home run swing and. Uh, Broke my heart, Hayes. It's brutal. You said all that stuff last week. Very respectfully. Very good of you. Very big. Raising above your fanhoodness. Now, did it matter at all that it was the game winner? It was like, damn it, Alfred, you couldn't have done that in the first quarter. 
it felt very inevitable to me. So there wasn't even really any. I mean, I don't that that whole drive. It just seemed destined to end in in six. So yeah, you know, and, and and especially when it got down inside the ten, and yeah. you know, the Redskins are showing no ability to shut down an inside run. Um, you know, it just was like, well, I'm I'm glad it was him rather than Elliott. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, Washington people now in Dallas jerseys. What about your boy John Wall on the sidelines? Or I should say my boy. I know fans, uh, or I guess it's more like media trying to get fan clicks, love to do the, oh my gosh, star that should be pulling for this team is pulling for the other team. Does that bother you at all, or do you care? Uh, I mean, I'm not like so into the Wizards that it tweaked me that much, but I definitely did see it on my timeline that a lot of people were (laughs) pretty bummed about that. I'll tell you the thing that, that, that pisses me off. How old's John Wall? I don't know. All right. I mean, I don't begrudge guys who grew up in families, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever. But we're getting close to where, you know, if you grew up in North Carolina and the Panthers were there your whole damn life, that needs to be your team. Right, right. But we let LeBron be a Cowboys fan, and he's Mr. Ohio, so. Cowboys fans are everywhere, and 96% of them have never been to Dallas, man. I know, and it's not just, you know, and and whatever. It happens for any good team, um it, it, it happens for any team when they go through a run of being good, but Dallas obviously yeah. with, with that, they basically own the nineties. So any kid who grew up in the nineties, sort of, you know, the, the LeBrons, the, uh, the John walls, they're, they're going to be Cowboys fans. Um, cool. Anything else you wanted to hit on? We got the giants next week, uh, two and O team, three teams. It would have been nice to get wins against, and now it's going to, it could be an O and three start for the Redskins. Uh, what needs, what needs to happen for the Redskins to get a win? I don't know. Maybe they need to get away from home. It's not working so far. Well, that's true. Did that? I feel like did that happen last year? Did their run start on the road, or am I just making stuff up? Um, that winning streak at the end—I can't remember where the first game was—but they were, you know, better last year on the road than they had been. Yeah. What um, if you, uh, you know, were given the uh, the keys to make one adjustment? What do you think it, it would or should be for them to be better? I don't. I'm not sure that it's really an adjustment. Their players who are capable of better play need to generate it, starting with Cousins. But you know, I mean, they're gonna the 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 run defense is gonna be a liability all all year. I mean, they're just it's it's really you know it's not happening. They don't have they don't have the pieces to um to 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 get to to stop you know offenses in the fourth quarter on the ground. So I mean. I don't, I don't have, I don't have answers for scheme adjustments, but I mean, I, I think, I, I think Cousins is a huge part of it, and he'd better figure something out, or else the, you know, the whole thing's gonna just fall off a cliff. All right, Brent is on zero and sixteen. Watch, and, oh. and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, for the Burgundy Blogcast, follow BurgundyBlog.com. Check us out at Sports Channel Eight, and where else do you get us? iTunes. Are you on the Google Plays? We're on iTunes. Stitcher, SoundCloud. You mess with the what Google else is there? You got the Google Plays? I don't Android? think so. I um, might need to look into that. Whatever. Guess wherever else we need to be, but check us out. This <laughs> is the Burgundy Broadcast. Thanks for listening. Later on. <laughs>